Okay, great. Let's start with a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your mercy in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace. We thank you for another opportunity to gather here as we um, study your word together and fellowship together. We ask, dear Lord, for the supply of your spirit in our midst. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you teach us your word yourselves, yourself rather, um, open the scripture to us and grant us an experience of the truth in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, dear Lord, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Okay. Um, how many of us were here last week? Um, hope we learned, well, hope we learned one or two things from last week's Bible study. So today is just a continuation from last week, from where we stopped last week. And we want to round up the conversation on the shield of faith. So I won't just finish that up this week. And um, I, I trust that today's um, Bible study might not be long, you know, just to tie things up from last, last week. And, um, and um, let's see how God takes us. Okay. So before we begin, before we begin, I'll just go through go through quickly what we did, what we looked at last week. Um, starting from the beginning. So I'm trying to set something here. Um, okay, good. All right. Um, still, Mixella, I still haven't gotten any feedback from you guys, if you can hear me. So please let me know. Um, so I'm sure we are all on the same page. All right, just please let me know. Okay, so we want to just do a little recap from last week, um, where what we did last week. And our anchor text for last week was Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. And oh, by the way, I think I made a mistake last week. I, I put 6, verse 14. So please pardon me. Um, that's supposed to be 6, verse 16. So the book of Ephesians chapter 6, and we are reading verse 16. All right, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16 says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, and, sorry, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So Paul, enlisting um, several aspects of the armor, and we, if you start from verse 14, he says, Stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Then he goes on to say, Above all, having taken the shield of faith, sorry, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, or of the wicked one, as some version puts it. So, when it comes to faith, it says above all, taking a shield of faith. To, and that shows us the emphasis and the importance on the shield of faith and how um, the, the, the pivotal role it plays in the whole armor of God. Okay, And so Paul says, above all, taking the shield of faith. And the purpose for the shield of faith is that you'll be able to quench the fiery darts of the, of the wicked one. And um, some translations put it this way, the fiery arrows or the flaming arrows of the wicked one all right so what that suggests to us is that there are certain arrows that the devil will 
will throw at us, all right? And we, we, you, we need the shield of faith to quench those arrows. However, the reason why they're called fiery is because they're, they're literally ablaze, okay? And the whole idea is from, excuse me, the whole idea is from um, the concept of warfare during the Roman Empire, all right? How that the Roman soldiers will go to war and many times the enemies will come with, um, you know, arrows and when the enemies shoot the arrows, they typically will set the arrows on fire before they, they shoot it, okay? And the enemy's attempt is to, you know, literally ca cause maximum damage to, um, to the soldiers. So what the soldiers did was that they had this um, shield that was clothed with leather. And when they're going to war, they dip the shield in water so that it is wet. And when the arrow, when, when such flaming arrows um, are shot at them, they use the arrow to, they use the shield, sorry, to quench those arrows because they are on fire as well, all right? So that's the idea that Paul was communicating. And Paul was saying that the enemy is in like manner would, would shoot certain flaming arrows at you. And you need to be equipped with the shield of faith to quench those arrows that the enemy will shoot at you. And the enemy does this in very tactful manners, all right? And what we did last week was to, see some of the examples of the arrows that the enemy could shoot at us, all right? Um, and we said last week that the enemy might shoot one or more of these arrows, and you really don't know which of the arrows the enemy would shoot per time. So your responsibility is to be well-equipped with the shield of faith so that you can quench the fiery darts or the flaming arrows of the enemy, all right? Um, so last week, we, we looked at some of these flaming arrows. So we'll just run through that quickly. We looked at some of the flaming arrows that the enemy typically shoots. Um, how, just give me one second. I need to adjust something in the room where I am. All right. So we looked at the flaming arrows that the enemy typically shoots or typically um, send at us. Um, hold on, please. I'm trying to, okay. Yeah, here we are. Okay. Apologies again for that break in transmission. I need to adjust something. All right. So last week, look at some of the flaming arrows. I, I want us to run through them quickly. All right. Number one, uh, oh, before we, we went into all those, right. We looked at how faith comes. Uh, we saw that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And we also explained what, um, when it says hearing and hearing by the word, we explained Rema and the whole concept of Rema. All right. So please, if you were not here last week, um, I encourage you to listen to the podcast. Okay. But moving forward to the flaming arrows or the fiery darts that the enemy sends, the first one we looked at is doubts. All right. Doubt as in D-O-U-B-T, all right? So when you are trusting God for something or you maybe are not, probably not actively believing God for something, right? But um, the enemy introduces doubt to quench your faith regardless. So for instance, um, you are in, you're having a fantastic time in your, in your place of work. You're having a fantastic time in your place of work, um, Oh, Mixellar said they can't hear 
us. Okay, um, hold on, please. Oh, oh, you can't hear anything. Interesting. Um, hold on, please, Mixer. Just give me a minute. Oh, interesting. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, um, Mixella, can you hear now? Is this better? Apologies, apologies, apologies. Is this better? Can you hear it now? Um, is it better now, Mixella? Please confirm. For those of us on Mixella, can kindly confirm that you can hear me now. Okay, okay, so I see a yes. Someone else, please confirm. Um, please confirm again. Apologies for that. Um, I okay, good. Okay, so to me says you can now. Okay, all right. Um, thank you so much for uh, to me. Thanks for notifying notifying me. I really didn't see that comment. Okay. Okay, good, fantastic. So you can hear now. Oh, I'm really sorry again, Mixella. So I will just go back one step, right? So we were we were doing a review. Um, okay, and again, like during teachings, my what my phone is on silent, so I, I didn't. I'm just seeing that you guys had sent messages on the group. Okay, so we're just we're doing a re recap, really, of what we did last week. Um, so I was explaining, or I was rather going over the things we looked at last week. And we said last week we looked at, um, we started by looking at how faith comes, meaning um, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word by the word of God, all right? And so we explained what that word means and that led us into the explanation of Rema. And we looked at Matthew 4 verse 4 where the Bible says, um, man does not live on bread alone. Oh, I'm not even sure we looked at this eventually, but we were meant to look at it Matthew 4, verse 4, when Josh Christ quoted, um, um, responded to, to Satan and says, and says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. All right. And that word, um, the Greek translation of that means from every, um, but on every rhema that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. And we explained what rhema is and its application in our lives. Then we also looked at the process of faith and becoming, versus, or rather being, being made versus becoming, okay? When God spoke to Abraham and says, I've made you the father of many nations. And the Bible says, Abraham hoped against all hope so that he could become the father of many nations. And we looked at that journey, how that God makes you or gives you an identity when his word comes to you, but then he takes you through, through a process for you to actualize that identity, all right? So that was what we looked at beginning of last week. And we moved further to look at some of the fiery darts of the enemy. And the first one we looked at was doubt. Okay. And this was what I was trying to explain um, how that the enemy sends doubt into our hearts many times, you know, to, to, to short circuit our faith, our faith process, um, to make us doubt and not believe what has um, said concerning us. All right. So that doubt is one of the arrow arrows rather 
that doubt is one of the arrows that the enemy sends against us, that enemy sends in our hearts. So you may be believing God for something, all right? Maybe believing God for a new job or believing God for, uh, maybe you're, you're planning to relocate to the UK or relocate somewhere else. And then suddenly in the news, or you now you hear that um, based on recent de developments, they've, they've changed the process for those that want to relocate and it's now a lot more difficult. And suddenly you begin to doubt what God said to you. And, and God had initial, previously rather revealed to you that you were going to travel out, uh, outside of the country. He was going to use you mightily and open doors of opportunities and different things. And then when that news comes, doubt suddenly comes into your heart, you know, and that is one of the arrows that the enemy sent at, at us. Um, another arrow we looked at is weariness. You know, when, especially when you have, you've been believing God for something and you expect that it should have come to pass by now. So let's say you're believing God for a child or you're believing God for a job um, or you're believing God for the healing of a loved one. And then based on your expectation, by now it should have, it should have manifested. And one of the things the enemy does at such moments is, is to send the arrow of weariness to you. So you just suddenly become tired of waiting. And it's almost as if you can no longer wait on God. It's like you just find an alternative or just give up the entire process, um, give up the process entirely. That is weariness. And that is one of the arrows the enemy sends at believers. You know, you might be believing, praying for, for Nigeria. Maybe God assigned you to always pray for the country. And you're praying, I pray. And it's almost as though as time goes on, things are getting worse rather than getting better. But you are praying. And then the enemy brings, introduces weariness into your heart to say, look at Nigeria, the Nigeria praying for, just turn on the news and look at what's going on in the news and you become weary. You are tired of that process of faith, all right? The enemy brings weariness to the believer to short circuit our, our faith process, you know, to cause us to give up on that which God has promised us. And that's why, you know, we, we need to know what the Bible says that we should imitate those who through faith and patience have obtained the price, all right? So it is not just faith alone, because faith tells you now, faith tells you immediately, but patience gives you the fortitude to wait until faith manifests. And if we don't have faith and patience, right, you will be weary. If the only thing you have is just, oh, faith, you would, you, when, you, when you have, when you pray, you are full of expectation, okay, and you won't see the result the next day. Maybe you're trusting God for the healing of a loved one. You interceded, you've prayed, God has given you his word. And then the next day, you go to the hospital and the doctors tell you, ha, ah, he's, he's worse than it was last week. And if you don't have patience and stamina in your heart, you're, you become weary in praying, all right? So weariness is one of the arrows that the enemy also sends at us believers. Um, sorry, I put some notes here and I said that concerning doubts, that the enemy takes advantage of prevalent external circumstances to introduce doubts into our lives and then um, also for weariness, the enemy attempts to weary or tire the believer by prolonging the manifestation. If he can't stop the answer, he will try to delay it. Then we move on to the third thing we looked at under the arrows, and that was intimidation, okay? And intimidation means pretty much threats. When you're trusting God or your, your faith work, really, um, the enemy may bring threatening situations that will cause you to give up on your faith experience or, or trust or cause you to abort that process of faith. So for instance, um, 
you might be fasting. God might have told you to fast and trust, you know, fast, stay in the place of fasting and prayer concerning a particular matter. And then in the process of fasting, you are now diagnosed with ulcer. And the doctor says, no, you cannot fast again. You must eat morning, afternoon, and night. That is a threatening situation. And now there's a wisdom to handle that, right? I'm not saying you ignore your health and just continue fasting. But I'm saying that that in itself is a threatening situation. It's there to threaten you because you're threatening and intimidate your experience of faith. Because you begin to think and say, if I'm fasting and I got sick, ah, let me just stop fasting entirely so that I will not I'll preserve my health. Or, or the enemy bring another threatening situation uh, and say, for instance, you got instructed you to, to start a business and you started a business, you started making some progress and then all of a sudden your competitor now comes with a lawsuit and says, oh, you, you did this and that and that and then threatens to you know, take you to court and drag you to court and shut you down. And you know that if you should go to court, um, you really don't have the finances to go on that legal battle. So that could be a threatening situation to the expression of your faith in that business that God has led you to. Um, or in other cases, it may be that you're praying for the deliverance of a, of a loved one or of, of a friend. And as you begin to pray, suddenly you begin to get attacks, demonic attacks, attacks in your place of work, attacks in your family. And you're wondering, is it because I'm praying for this person? If that's the case, let me just stop praying for this person and mind my business. That is an intimidating situation that the enemy is bringing. And you need to understand that the reason why he's bringing it is so that you would, he would interrupt the process of your faith because he knows that if you continue in what you are doing, then he would, he, he would be defeated, but he doesn't want you to, um, to, have, to have the victory. So he'll bring intimidation, threat, and whatever he can, he can harness in his arsenal all right, against you um, to cause you to, you know, um, to interrupt that process of faith, all right? So what do we now do in response to this? Let me see. Okay, the last thing I, I cheated in last week, which we didn't fully discuss, is discouragement. One of the things the enemy sent at, at us. But I'm going to leave that to you to do your study on that. And I, there are several other things that the enemy, um, you know, brings, the, uh, throws at us. But these are just a few to guide us. Okay, so... The, the real topic for our conversation today is how do we respond to a faith attack? And I would want to hear our um, answers, our suggestions, and our responses before we you know, dive deep into, into this matter. So I'm asking us right now, how do you respond to a faith attack? You know, we've discussed, um, I just went over briefly how the enemy um, throws arrows at us and all those things that the enemy does throws at us, right? Or, or throws at us. So my question to us today, and, and really this, this should be a discussion, is that how do you respond to an attack on your faith? How do you respond to the flaming arrows that the enemy sends to you? How do you respond to doubt? How do you respond to discouragement? How do you respond to intimidation? How do you respond to... Um, whatever it is, the things that we've listed so far and even more, how do we respond to those things? All right. So I would love to hear our answers, um, those of us on Mixeller and those of us on Zoom. And, and if you do have a personal testimony, like to, to share or personal story, you know, to share, to support your point or just to explain how you respond, that I believe will be very helpful to drive our, our um, points home. Okay. 
So yeah, um, I only see iPhone. I really don't know who that is, but your hand is up. So please go ahead. Okay, praise God. Hallelujah. Please tell us your name. So we your... My name is Esther from Joss. Oh, hi, Esther. Hold on. Yes. Um, thank you so much. Um, um, uh, one thing I like about this Bible study is us being practical so that somebody else will learn. First, I must say that lack of faith or when your faith is being attacked, sorry, it can lead to depression. Hmm. It can lead to depression. If you are not careful, it will be as if you've never even known of the goodness of God or you've never encountered the miracles of God or the wonders of God, sorry, in one's life. Hmm. So uh, there was a time I was praying for something. <laughs> Let me tell you, there was a time I was praying for something. And you know, I was praying for, now I'm going to, I'm going to tell you my points, but let me just share this experience. I was praying for something and I was just feeling bad. Then I had in my speed, if you, if you doubt the possibility of this thing, why don't you go and Google it? <laughs> so I went ahead to Google the thing. Then I asked, ah, wait, oh, this is even possible. Then I asked, I said, if Google can bring it, that means there must be something in the word of God mm. that will prove that this thing is possible. And I went, now what I was searching for had to do with number of days and months. So on, 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 on air, what I saw on, I saw on Google, I saw like two months that stuff was possible. But in the Bible, I saw that under 24 hours, that thing was possible. Mm. Then I say, wow. So that's one. But my point here is this, when you, when you are feeling discouraged or when your faith is attacked, just try and listen to the testimonies of other people. Somehow your faith will be built up and mm. you can now, because if, you're, if your faith is attacked and you succumb to that attack, you will not be able to pray. And even if you pray, you just know you are praying from the standpoint of uh, being defeated within. And then can capture that state of your mind. If you are praying, you are just wasting your time. Money that's similar to what you are trusting God for and you'll be restored back. Okay, thank you so much uh, for that, Esther. That was really helpful. So, in summary, what she says is, if you your your faith is attacked, listen to the testimonies of others, and it will give you strong encouragement. Amazing, amazing. Thank you very much for that. Um, thank you so much for that. Okay, so someone else wants yeah. to share. How do you deal with? Um, how how do you respond when your faith is attacked in any way? How do you respond? when your faith is attacked. Um, Idara says on Mixelar with the word of God, um, I still would love a further explanation because I mean, imagine I'm a new believer. I, I, what, what does, how do I respond with the word of God? Do I take my Bible and be shaking it at that situation or what, how do I respond with the word of God? So if you can clarify that Idara, that would be really helpful. Um, while she's typing that in, anyone else wants to share with us, how do you respond to a faith attack. You know, um, medical science has what is called heart attack. Um, and that's like really detrimental to the human body. But then there's also spiritually faith attack. And if your faith is attacked, it can literally abort the whole um, process and journey that you've been on. Okay, faith, you say, you say on um, Zoom, declarations and confessions. Do you mind explaining a bit on what that's like, how that works? And what's what it really means, declarations and confessions, faith. 
p.m. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. So, um, uh, this mostly works when um the attack comes in forms of thoughts, like when it comes to your mind, and then instead of just shaking your head in disagreement of the thoughts, you would speak out in disagreement and speak God's words, make declarations. Um, whether prophecies have gone ahead of you, you declare them aloud. Um, it is written, this, 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 that, that, that. Yeah. Okay, amazing. So whenever, especially like you, you, like you said, especially when it comes in form of thoughts, right? Um, and not, again, let me ex extend this, even beyond thoughts as well. You know, remember Jesus Christ, looked at the fig tree and he answered the fig tree. That's what the Bible says. He answered the fig tree and said, no one eats fruit of you. You know, meaning there are times when situations, when things happen, you can tell that the situation is talking to you, even though it's not a verbal conversation. And you need to answer it in, that, in those times. So whether it's in form of thoughts or situations just talking back at you, um, and I do this a lot. Like I talk to, I talk to my car, I talk to my house, talk to everything. I talk to anything that I can see. I talk to it, you know, and you need to make declarations and make confessions, but just to drill down on what faith said, especially when it comes to thoughts, if a negative or a faithless thought comes to your heart, don't just say, mm -hmm. don't, don't try to think another thought. It doesn't work. The way to quench thoughts is by your words. Your words have more authority over your thoughts. So if negative thoughts or faithless thoughts come, then do be quick to responding to it, but based on the word of God and, you know, declarations. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much, Faith. God bless you. Idara, I see you are now on Zoom. You want to share? Idara, are you there? Um, so we can't hear you, either if you're speaking. We can't hear you yet. Okay, while we wait for her to speak, one more person wants to give us a tip. Can you hear me now? Oh, yes, fantastic. I can hear you now. Okay, great. So I was plugged to the Bluetooth and I was talking. Okay, <laughs> okay so... Yeah, so I, um, you've actually taught us, um, so faith comes by hearing and, you know, hearing the word of God. And I think you've taught us that that word is Rema, right? So when I say attack, so when you feel like your faith is attacked, go back to the word. So attack it back with the word. So go back with the word, chat. So just explaining it is basically kind of reassuring yourself of what God said. So sometimes when those attack comes, all those things of weariness and doubt, we, we tend to dwell in it instead of going back to what we received earlier, you know, to just reassure ourselves and strengthen ourselves. So that's what I mean by attacking it with the word you got. So saying it so much that your heart takes it, like it's, it's almost like you're fortified with it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Vidida. So um, reassuring yourself with the word, going back to what, the word of God says, especially for that particular situation in, in question. Okay, thank you very much, everyone, for sharing. And um, like I, I personally have been blessed by your, your sharings, and I think we all have learned one or two things. Um, so just recap, Esther says, um, listen to the testimonies of others when your faith if, um, feels attacked. Listen to, to the testimonies of others 
um, faith says um, by declarations and confessions, like speak out and make authoritative declarations based on God's word. And then Ida just explained also that going back to God's word to, to reassure your heart about his promises. Very, 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 very fantastic. Thank you all. So this has made my job easier and I'll just list out, um, I'll just list out three things here um, that I, I mean, I'll just go through three, three things that I listed out here. And again, this is, this list is not exhaustive. In fact, there are some things that, that were said that I did not include in my study, but this is just to give us a good foundation, um, I believe to also build upon. So what do we do? How do we respond to the fiery darts of the enemy? How do we respond to the attacks of the enemy? Okay, Esther just put in the, um, in the chat again on Zoom that we should pray in the Holy Ghost. So that's one of the ways to respond to the attack of the enemy by praying in the Holy Ghost. And the scripture says in Jude 1 verse 20, it says, building yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the spirit. Okay, so when we pray in the spirit, we build our faith. And that is very, very, very significant. Okay, thank you again for that, Esther. All right, so what? how do we respond or what are the ways, some ways to respond to, the, to an attack on our faith? Number one, I said here is thanksgiving. Number one here is thanksgiving um, that I put here, thanksgiving. And you see, I, I know most of us have already heard um, I mean, I probably have heard this before. Oh, you should give thanks. Um, Thanksgiving is good and it's very important. But I want to be more specific. Now, generally, <clears throat> Thanksgiving is great. Okay, whether things are going good or not, Thanksgiving is super important and it should be the lifestyle of a believer. In fact, even if you are not expecting anything from God, you should just, you should, Thanksgiving should be the perpetual rhythm on your lips. Okay. However, I want to narrow it down specifically to moments when your faith is attacked, meaning you are trusting God for something and for some reason it looks like it's not coming to pass or it looks like maybe the timeline for the manifestation has even gone. Let's say you are trusting God for school fees for your master's at, um, or, or, a, 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 um, at, or whatever, your school, your, your academics, all right? You're trusting God for the finance and then the money doesn't come and you, you're, you could not go to school that year. What do you do, all right? So Thanksgiving is still important regardless. And um, why is Thanksgiving so important? First of all, I want us to read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. I know we know um, First Thessalonians that says, in everything, give thanks, all right? And many, many times we've heard people say, Oh, that the Bible says you should give thanks in all things, not for all things. But I want to read a scripture for you to you that says we should actually give thanks for everything. The good, the bad, the ugly, give thanks for it. And I'm going to tell you why you do, why the, the power behind that or why we do so, right? So many times, and even me growing up, I heard that, oh, we should give thanks in all things, not for all things. So if something bad happens, it doesn't mean we should give thanks for it. But in the bad situation, we should give thanks. Now that is partially true but not completely true but because the bible teaches us to give thanks for every single thing all right so ephesians chapter 5 verse 20 um oops sorry sorry not verse 20 now okay yeah ephesians 5 verse 20 i was in galatians okay ephesians 5 verse 20 let me start from verse 19 
speaking to yourselves in hymns, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to God. Verse 20 says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me read that again. It says, giving thanks always. Always means regardless the season of your life, you are giving thanks. Regardless what life throws at you, you are giving thanks. Regardless what opportunities you miss, you are giving thanks. Regardless the promotion, the breakthrough, you are giving thanks. It says always, always, always. That is, if they check the graph of your thanksgiving, there should never be a down moment. It can only be upward. There should never be a moment where you are praising God at 80%, then you now dipped it down to like 25%. Then now came up to 50, now went down to 10%. Then eventually now came up to like 70%. No, it should never be sinusodia. The Bible says, giving thanks always for all things. So it says always, and then it says for all things. It's, it's capturing both time and matter. Meaning, if, it, if, you, if you look at, if you try to base it on what time to give thanks, the Bible says there is every time is a good time to give thanks. Okay, if you now want to say, what, what is the right opportunity or what is the right circumstance or what is the right uh, material reason to give thanks? He says for every single thing, meaning if you pick up your shoe, you should give thanks. If you, if you lost some money in invest, investment, the Bible says you should still give thanks. If there was an opportunity you missed, he says give thanks. If the, a, a, door you, a, a job you applied for, you did not get it, he, still, see, he says still give thanks. And this is the principle of, of the word of God, or this principle of um, God's word for us, that in all things we should give thanks. Now, someone will ask, why should I give thanks if something is bad? The answer is simple, that your act of thanksgiving, and there are several reasons for this now, but your act of thanksgiving to God shows that you trust God beyond the circumstance that has happened. And let me tell you the truth here. For many of us, we are, like human beings are generally short-sighted. So you never see the wider picture. It is God that sees past, present, and future all at once. So for instance, if God, if you have, if you maybe wanted to do a business and then the business failed and you lost a lot of money, at that um, instant, it is, it is very difficult to thank God, but because you don't just see why you should give God thanks. And, and I'm not just saying thanking God in the situation. I'm saying thanking God for the situation, meaning that you thank God that, Lord, I, I started this business, my, I lost my money, and I give you thanks, Father, because I lost my money. I am thanking you for the money that was lost. I am thanking you because you are more than that money. I'm thanking you because all things work together for my good. And if you do that, what will happen is that you will see the outcome of that experience would outweigh what we've even lost. Just like the Bible says, for your shame, I will give you double. That kind of experience comes when you are intentionally thankful for whatever goes, goes on. Okay, so let me give an example now. Um, let's say you start a business, okay, and after six months, the business fails. And then you are so angry, you lost money, you lost, you lost several things. Maybe someone cheated you and all of that, and you, your business fails. And then you, you, you see, you out of your pain, you still decide to give God thanks, okay? And then you thank God, you thank God, and maybe two months down the line, you... You go to share, you go to visit a friend and 
The friend says, ah, how is your business? And I say, ah, this is what happens. Oh. And the friend says, ah, but I know, come and come, let me introduce you to a, to, to a mentor of mine. He also had the same similar experience or failed business. And then you go to meet the mentor and the mentor says, ah, you did this business and you failed. He says, yeah, you say, yes. You say, okay, um, tell me what happened. And you tell the mentor what happens. He say, ah, this is where the mistake you made. But I'm sure you already know that. The mentor now says, but you know what? I'm actually looking for somebody to manage one of my businesses. But I don't trust all these people that have never failed because they are not really wise. They are not really smart. So can you come and manage this business for you? You know what? 80% of the business is your own. 20% of the business will be my own. And when you look at the business, let's say the business you lost were doing 1 million naira um, revenue per month. You then look at the business that this mentor gives you. The business is doing 56 million naira per month. If you do 80% of that 56 million, it is still more than what you, were, you had 100% of. Now, my question to you at that point is that, was it good that you lost your, your former business or not? Considering how these things had, has, had turned out, will you now, at that stage, will you lift up your hands and say, Father, I thank you that I lost that business. I thank you that I lost all the money plus everything in that business. Why? Because something greater has come out of that experience. And this is the power of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving admits to God that you trust him for the outcome, that everything works together for your good. Let me share with you guys a personal, um, personal testimony, all right? You know, sometime last year, I was applying for a job and then... There was a particular, um, there was a particular company I, I I really wanted to work in. In fact, my friend had given me, had um, she had like made recommendations. She spoke to the HR. She had like put in a good word for me. You know, they asked me to send my CV. I I, I did that. They scheduled. Um, they sent me like an assessment to do. I did the assessment. It was quite tasking, but I scaled through. I did it. They scheduled another interview for me to defend my assessment. I defended my assessment. They asked me a couple of technical questions. I answered it. They went for that schedule. Another interview um, that was like a two hours interview for me to do a life, um, a life, life, um, what's called design, you know. And I we had that interview. Um, I defended my designs, did everything I want. I, I, I needed to do an interview, quite tasking again. And I scaled through. Then finally, they set up what was supposed to be like the final um, interview session with the CEO, the COO the head of HR, you know, all the top, top people basically, which, and this was like progress for me. I was really happy that I could scale through all these previous stages. And then a set of interview, like questions left, right, center. Everyone was asking questions. I was answering, who at the end of the interview, it was intense, but um, I, I believe God, God really did help me. In fact, like after we finished that particular interview, I got an email from the HR saying, okay, um, how soon do you want to resume and how much are you asking for? At this point, I have literally gotten the job, you know. Um, so I responded to HR, say, oh, I can resume, you know, in about a month's time. Um, this is how much I'm asking for. And guess what? Silence. <laughs> I didn't hear anything again from them. Ah, and I, I mean, they said we were going to respond in maybe like two days or so. I waited two days, nothing. I waited one week, nothing. I sent a you know, gentle reminder, something, 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 you know, all those cute emails, um, nothing. I waited for an extra week or two weeks again. I sent a follow-up and I said, you know, I was like, I was trying to say, okay, you know what? We can actually renegotiate the pay, blah, blah, blah. They still did not respond to me. I was heartbroken, to be honest. I felt like, what is going on? But I, but there and then, I knelt down 
on if I this same seat I'm sitting on, I can remember, I knelt down right here in this room and I just said, Father, I don't understand this, but I thank you because all things are working together for my good. And truthfully, they never, till today, they never got back to me. But guess what? Towards the end of last year, I applied for a, a another job, right, in a competitor company, right, with the um, a competition basically to the company I had applied before. And just cut the long story short, I got it. And what they eventually offered me was a lot better than what that previous company, what I was even scrambling for, and they were they, they didn't accept. Like it was a lot better, and the work environment, everything like is a lot better. And when I look back now, right now, I am saying thank you, God, that I did not get the job. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's not just that you are thanking God in everything, but you thank God for everything. The reason is because you know all things are working together for your good. And if you are, if you learn to be thankful, right, then it's easy for God to open your eyes to greater opportunities and, and bigger things. Because when you when you are not thankful, you, you are unconsciously. What, what that unconsciously means is that your life is tied down to one single experience. And if that experience does not happen, then, um, then God, God is handicapped. God cannot do anything again. But we all know that God cannot be fixed in a box at all, at all. If, if Joseph was sold as a slave and yet he ended up becoming a prime minister, he's even being sold as a slave could have extinguished every possible opportunity of him becoming a prime minister. Yet with all of that, he still became a prime minister. What I'm saying is that be thankful. There is no situation or circumstance that God cannot work out for your good at the end of the day. All right. So I want to start with that. Um, let's read Romans chapter 4, verse 19 to 21. Romans chapter 4, verse 19 to 21. Um, Romans chapter 4, verse 19 to verse 21. Please, we are there before me. Just go ahead and read. Uh, my Romans chapter 4. Oh. Romans chapter 4, verse 19 to 21. All right, let me read. Okay, go ahead, please. We are reading. Yeah. Oh, I thought someone was about reading. All right, then let me read. Romans 4, 19 to 21 says, And be not weak in faith. Now, this is speaking about Abraham. And be not weak in faith. He considered not his own body now dead when he was about an hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20 says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So verse 19 says that Abraham, even though his body was weak, uh, sorry, even Abraham, he says not being weak in faith, rather, he did not consider his body, meaning that he didn't look at the external circumstances. He did not look at the logical reasons why it could not happen. He, he decided to ignore it, right? He did not consider those, those things. But it says in verse 20 that he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. What did he do that made him not to stagger? He says, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So giving glory to God or thanksgiving and, and praise is one of the ways we strengthen our faith, okay? So you're trusting God, um, let's say, for a particular thing. You're trusting God for um, a business opportunity. You're trusting God for a new job, and the job 
and the job hasn't come yet, one of the powerful things you can do to keep your faith alive, all right, is, but is to give, give God thanks. And especially when your faith feels weak or when you think it feels like something, something happened that, that reduces the chances of, of the, or reduces the possibility of what you're trusting God to happen, okay? When such things happen, go back to God and say, God, I thank you. I thank you because your promise for me would, would, would come to pass. That's what the Bible says. Abraham did not consider his body dead or consider his, you know, his body dead or the deadness of Sarah's body, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. All right. So thanksgiving is one of the, of the ways we strengthen our faith. All right. Again, I remember when um, um, I was waiting on admission. I, I shared this testimony last week when I was waiting for to resume school in my, my hundred level and I paid part of school fees and I didn't, we didn't have the remaining money to pay. And then I remember every morning while washing my own, my uncle's car there where I stayed, I'll keep on telling myself, God, I thank you. I'll keep on right, like thanking God rather. I say, Lord, I thank you because I see myself graduating from this university with good grades. I see myself walking to university and learning. I see myself doing this and I'm thankful to you. It had not yet come, but I was thanking God. And honestly, that helped my faith um, stay as long as it stayed, okay? So thanksgiving is super important in your journey of faith. And whenever the devil sends um, sends doubt or sense discouragement or sense anything like that go to god and say god i thank you thank god specifically for that thing that doesn't seem to be working out well thank god and say god i thank you because this thing is will eventually turn out the way your word says it will turn out okay um we're running out of time so i'll leave you to read habakkuk chapter 3 verse 17 to 19 habakkuk basically was saying though the fig tree does not blossom though there are no sheep in the pen Though things are not turning out the way I, I like, I wanted it to turn out, yet I would rejoice in the God of my salvation. All right. So, regardless of the circumstances, we are rejoicing. Praise Jesus. All right. So, the first thing is Thanksgiving. All right. The first thing is Thanksgiving. The second thing, how do we respond to um, the fiery that? And I said here concerning Thanksgiving that you need to train your heart to be thankful. And it's a training because that would not be your most natural response to any situation that is unpleasant. It is very easy and probably default for human beings to complain and to grumble. So you need to train your heart instead of saying, oh God, why? As you are saying, oh God, just turn to them, you say, oh God, thank you. Instead of saying why, say, oh God, I thank you. Like always train yourself to be thankful. Even when your mind is like, what are you seeing right now? Are, are you, can you see what's going on? Tell yourself, let what comes out of your mouth, of your lips be thanksgiving. Okay? It's a training. All right. Second thing I said here is how to respond to the fiery darts of the, of the wicked. All right. Keep your gaze on God's word and not the external circumstances. And this is very similar to what, um, very similar to what um, Idara already mentioned while she was contributing. That, Sorry. Um, keep your gaze on God's word, okay? Remember, we looked at the story of Peter in the book of Matthew chapter 14 last week, how that Jesus Christ called, told Peter to come and walk on water. And Peter began walking on water, but when he, he, he took his eyes off Jesus and looked at the wind, then he began to sink. 
Now, it is the same way, like I explained last week, that nothing on the external really changed. The only thing that changed was, was his attention and what he fixed his gaze on. So the same thing too, many times the enemy brings distractions to us. And the moment we take our eyes off Jesus and, and the word of God, then we begin to sink. Our faith begins to sink, okay? So we need to, again, train ourselves to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 12 says, looking away onto Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. So at every point in time in the journey of faith, we will have to train ourselves to fix our eyes on Jesus. Not because there will not be prevalent external circumstances, but because we know that God's word is, the, the potency of God's word does not reduce because of the threat on the outside. The only thing that will really stop the word of God from functioning in your life is um, you taking your eyes away from God's word, not any external situation, right? There's nothing on the external that stops God's word from manifesting in your life than, than you taking your eyes away from God's word. So you train yourself to look at God's word. Train yourself. You know, the other day, um, there's something of trusting God for, you know, and then I, I, had a, I had a conversation with someone the other day and my heart sank. I, well, I began to feel... I was, no more, I was not much in faith about that particular matter. And I told myself, ah, that I've taken my eyes away from God's word. So what I did, I went back to the word of God the next day. And I went back to the scripture that God gave. And I meditated on it. I declared it over my life. I fixed my eyes on it, prayed in the spirit over it. And my faith came alive. So the moment you see that your faith is, is wavering, you know, you are, you are, you are shaking about, about that particular matter. It might be that you've taken your eyes away from what God has said. So go back and pick the look for the scripture that God has spoken to you about. Look for that scripture and take put it before you. You know, um, Joshua chapter one verse eight that we all know says, "This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Um, you shall meditate upon it day and night." I say so that you you uh, you can observe to do all that is written in it. Then you will your ways be successful and you have prosperous rather than you have good success. So it should not depart from you. That's, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. And Proverbs says, um, don't let the, this word depart from your heart. Bind it around your heart, okay? So many times, believers waver in their faith because they have taken their gaze away from God's word. And this is a practice you will always have to do. You need to train yourself to look at God's word consistently until, until what you see on the external is fake, or is not real to you anymore. What is now real is what you behold in God's word. And this doesn't happen in one day. This happens over a process of consistent, consistent um, gazing on God's word, all right? So Galatians chapter four, not Galatians, Second Corinthians, sorry. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 18. It says, uh, let me read from verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So our light afflictions, whatever is going on right now, is temporary, right? And But it works for us a far exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So verse 18 goes on to explain how it happens. It says, while we look not at the things which are seen. So you need to train your eyes not to look at what can your, eye, your physical eyes can see. You need to train yourself not to look at what your eyes can see. So the um, news says that the economic situation is so bad. Um, things, price of things are spiking. People are struggling to survive. It's difficult to get a house 
to rent. It's difficult to find a job. It's difficult to get married. It's difficult to um, travel abroad. It's difficult. It's difficult. Take your eyes away from it. The Bible says, why we look not at the things that are seen. He says, but at the things which are not seen, meaning we, we can look at what cannot be seen. And the only way you can see what cannot be seen is when you look with the eyes of faith. And the window to that reality is the word of God. All right. So when you gaze at the word of God, you, you see what has not yet manifested. It says, for the things which are seen are temporal. <clears throat> that means the things you can see with your physical eyes are temporal. The word temporal means they are subject to change. That means anything you can see physically is subject to change. And the, th the, the change agent is the word of God. So gaze on the word of God that can change what you see with your physical eyes. It says, but the things which are, are not seen are eternal. All right. I'm trying to rush quickly. Um, Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 17, just to back this up, it says that now the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 17, just a, a chapter before where we just read now. Okay. Verse 18 says, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of God are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even by the spirit of the Lord. What this verse tells us is that you ultimately, and I, and I put this here in the, in the uh, slide, that your life ultimately takes the shape of what you continuously behold. Ultimately takes the shape of what you continuously behold. So the outcome of your life is a reflection of what you spent your time beholding. If all you absorb and listen to is what you see on news, on Twitter, um, what you hear people say, and you just keep on looking at that, gazing on that, fixing your attention on that, your life will ultimately take the shape of that, of that source of information. But if you decide to look away from what your eyes can see and gaze on God's word that he revealed to you, then no matter the circumstances around you, your life will ultimately take the shape of the word of God that you have been beholding, all right? So please, I encourage you, especially in moments where you, the enemy comes with um, doubt or comes with um, situations with threats or intimidation, Look at the word of God and what God has said has said concerning that particular situation. All right. Finally, um, finally, on this for I mean, finally on these points, right? Um, what? How should we respond to the fiery at fiery darts of the enemy? The final thing I put here is learning to wait on God in prayer and fellowship for strength. Okay. You know, part of the arrows that we looked at that we we um, talked about is weariness and when it comes to sorry when it comes to weary when it comes to weariness you need strength you need strength you need strength um especially for situations that are very personal and could be emotional so you're trusting god for the healing of a loved one in the hospital it is, first of all, as a human being, because it, it, the person is close to you, your emotions are already heavy. Then you need to apply your faith again for the person's healing. And, and you are you're pressing and you're praying, but it seems as though the result hasn't come. If you are not careful, you would, you would break under, the weariness, under weariness because of the burden of, of unanswered prayers. So what you do in circumstances like that is you go and wait on God. You go and wait on God in prayer and in fellowship so that he can renew your strength from inside. Ephesians chapter 3, let me just show you something. Um, it's not here in the slides, but let me read it. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. 
Paul was making praying, and he says, he says that um, he says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. There are times when all you need is strength from your inner man. It's not that you don't trust God. It's not that you don't know God can do it. It's not that you don't even believe that he can do it. But the, the, the time for answer has dragged so long and you are weary. What you need at that point is strength, is strength, is strength. Maybe God asked you to do something and then you are facing persecution from the people that you expect to support you, all right? And you are getting weary. What you need is strength. It's not that you, you are questioning whether you heard God or not. It's not that um, you don't even know that God is powerful, but you are weary your soul. What you need at that point is strength. And the, and the solution to this is to wait on God, all right? And that's why Isaiah chapter 40, um, a popular verse of scripture that we most of us already know, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 to 31 says that God, now talking about God, says he gives power to the faint. So one of the things that God specializes in doing is that anybody he sees that is faint, anybody that comes to him that is faint, God will give power to the person. God will give strength to the person. He says he gives power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increases strength. So I tell you that there is nobody that goes to God and asks God for strength that he will not increase your strength. That is one of God's specialization that he knows how to strengthen those that are weary. He knows how to strengthen those that are, are depleting of strength, all right? Verse 30 says, even the youth shall, wait, shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So those that wait on God are guaranteed one experience that your strength will always be renewed. And I can tell you from my personal ex my experience and my personal life that I have seen God renew my strength time and time again. All right. There are several times when I just did not want to come off show for Bible study. I promise you, like doing Bible study every week can be tiring, you know, um, like I have, I have, I, I work, you know, nine to five and I have to close from work, prepare for Bible study, do a lot of things. Um, I have a family. There's just so many things. And sometimes I almost just want to say, God, can we like skip this week? And can I just pretend like this week I, I did not exist? But then I go to God and I make a simple prayer. I say, God, give me strength. There is no time I've asked God for strength that he did not strengthen me. There is no single time. And I'm telling you that if you feel like you are getting weary in your faith, maybe faith for a particular um, thing, or just even your work with God, I encourage you to go to God, wait on God. Wait on God in prayers and fellowship. Waiting on God simply means just going to God in prayer and pouring your heart, your heart out to God, bearing your heart out before God. Let God speak to you. You're not going to a prayer point per se, in terms of, oh, God, do this for me, or God, give me this. I guess your only prayer point would be God strengthening me, but you're just going to fellowship and commune with God, and then there's an exchange of strength in that process. And it says that um, they, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So please, I encourage us, if you ever feel weary, and don't ever, don't fall into the trap of substituting fellowship with God for external activities. What I mean is you feel weary your soul, right? You feel weary your, your work with God. There's a tendency to say, oh, because I'm weary, let me just go to the beach and go to the movies and spend time. Now, if you need to relax, like just relax and rest as a human being, that is very perfect. Take a break, go on vacation, 
whatever you want to do to relax. But I'm saying if the weariness is from your soul, not, not physical tiredness, the weariness is from your soul concerning a particular matter or just your work with God, don't think hanging out with friends or just going to the movies or doing something fun would, would, would replenish your strength. It will not. You cannot use a soulish act, activity to replenish spiritual strength. You cannot use a physical activity um, to replenish spiritual strength. It is a spiritual activity that will replenish your spiritual strength. All right? So take out time, block out a whole day to just spend in prayer. Pray long hours in tongues. Pray in tongues, pray in tongues till you are tired of praying in tongues and then pray in tongues again until you hit strength and you are not, you don't feel tired anymore. And let me just say this because I mentioned this. A, a, let me tell you a trick with praying in tongues. If you prayed in tongues, you prayed in the spirit and you are tired of praying in the spirit, let me tell you what to do. Continue praying in the spirit. Don't ever stop praying in tongues because you feel tired of praying in tongues. That's a trick. You have not prayed enough. When you, when you enter a, the realm, right, you pray in tongues until a point where you don't feel tired of praying in tongues. The reason why you stop your prayer at that moment is not because you are tired of praying in tongues, but because you know your spirit, you've received what you came for, okay? All right, so I think I might, must have said like a bunch of things together, but I hope this was helpful um, to all of us. So I, um, there's one thing, uh, there's a prayer point for us, really. I want us to pray to make a prayer point based on this, okay? Based on what we just said. And I think we'll just go right into the prayer point before I take like feedback or anything like that, and then we close, all right? But my, the prayer point is simple. And I want us to pray that God will strengthen our faith, okay? God will strengthen our faith. Um, Luke chapter 22, this is where our prayer point is coming from. Luke chapter 22, verse 31 to 32, verse 31 and 32. Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and verse 32. All right? Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32. This is our prayer prayer points um, for the next, uh, say, five minutes. Okay, so it says, it says, um, this was Jesus Christ speaking about Peter. He said, verse 31 says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan had desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen my brethren. I want to read this verse from the Amplified Bible. Oh, sorry, from the Passion Translation. Um, verse 31 and 32. Passion Translation says, Peter, my dear friend, listen to what I'm about to tell you. Satan has obtained permission to come and sift you all like wheat and test your faith. And the whole idea between um, behind sifting you is that I, I, I just like this was for the whole apostles. Now it wasn't just Peter that Satan was targeting; it was the whole apostles that Satan was targeting. And the whole idea of sifting was to separate the, the apostles from Jesus Christ. Just the same way you, you sieve, um, if you sieve rice or beans or anything, right? You sieve it to separate um, the chaff from the good ones or whatever you're sieving from. That's the whole idea that Satan wanted to sieve these people away from Jesus Christ. And look at what Jesus Christ said. He says, but I prayed for you, Peter, that you will stay faithful to me no matter what comes. Remember this after you have turned back, um, turn, after you've turned back to me and you have been restored, make it your life 
your life mission to strengthen the faith of your brothers. And um, what we are basically saying here, um, Jesus Christ says, but I prayed for you that your faith should not fail. So that is our prayer point. Our prayer point is simple. I say, Lord, help me that my faith does not fail. And you might be trusting God for something. It might be taking so long. You probably are already feeling discouraged about it or you're feeling weary about it, or you've gotten intimidation and threats concerning that matter, or whatever experience you've had about what you're praying for, I want you to just pray simple prayer points this evening. Say, Father, help me that my faith does not fail. Help me that my faith does not fail. When Peter began to sink, when he, when he was walking on water, he looked at the wind and he began to sink. He reached out to Jesus and says, help me. And just Christ stretched forth his hand and pulled him up. And Peter walked back on the water again, right? Walked back to the boat. So the fact that your faith might be drowning is not the end of it. Jesus can always pull you back up and you walk on water. The man said to Jesus Christ, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. So I want us to pray and say, Lord, help me that my faith does not fail. Um, in the name of Jesus Christ. I hope that is clear enough. Let us just pray this prayer for the next four minutes in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, help me that my faith does not fail. Lord, help me that my faith does not fail. I'm trusting you for this and that. Help me that my faith does not fail. I might have even given up on something that you've spoken to me a lot because uh, maybe the time has gone and it seems like, well, this wouldn't come again. Let me just forget it. Maybe uh, um, you're working in doubt already. I want to pray and say, Lord, help me. Lord Jesus, help me that my faith will not fail. Help me, oh Lord, that my faith will not fail. Help me that my faith will not fail. Help me that my faith will not fail. Help me that my faith will not fail. Maybe I, I observed lying vanities. Maybe I focused on the on the wind and the wind and, and the storm. Maybe I took my eyes away from your promise. Oh Jesus, help me that my faith will not fail. Maybe I listen to lies from people. Maybe I listen to people's opinions more than your word. Help me, oh God, that my faith will not fail. For this matter that you have, you have you've spoken to me about, help me that my faith will not fail. Help me that my faith will not fail. Help me to endure to the end. The Bible says we are not of those who turn back unto perdition, but we are, do, we, are do, uh, we are of those who believe unto the salvation of your soul. Oh, Makalo, Zali, Parasko, Sintalaba. We are of those who believe to the salvation of your souls. Help me, oh Lord, not to turn back. Help me not to give up. Help me, Lord, that my faith will not fail. Help me, Jesus, that my faith will not fail. The Bible says he who endures endures to the end shall be saved. Help me, O oh Lord, to endure to the end of this faith work, that my, I will be saved. I will see your salvation. I will see your victory. I will see your testimony. I will see the outstretched arm of your grace and your might in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, help me that my faith will not fail. Whatever error that my faith may have failed, O oh Lord, I ask that you help me. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Strengthen me back, oh Lord. Grant me strength by your spirit in my inner man. Help me to full, to fix my eyes on your word. Help me to stay in the, in the attitude and in the posture of thanksgiving regardless of what comes out. <clears throat> Our 
anto kamiza ebrashonteli barasko roteke kotuko baraska sutala baraska help me to judge you faithful help me to count you faithful help me to judge you faithful let my faith not fail let my faith not fail igangule kadugudu ilagadu gagadegi ilangudu gugubara radebakonda la baruska sunta karaba shanta kareka tokoraba basatakaya father i pray we pray in the name of jesus christ that you help us let our faith not fail help us that our faith will not fail left to us would have given up left to us would have um, just quitted lord but we ask you for help we ask you for inner strength to continue on this faith journey let our faith not fail Oh, Jesus, help us, oh Lord, help us. Father, we bless your holy name. Thank you, everlasting Father. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for revealing to us um, the various ways we can respond to a faith attack. And so tonight, Lord, we are asking you and we're praying that you strengthen us, let our faith not fail. Whatever experience any of us might be going through, Lord, we ask you for strength, that our faith will not fail in the name of Jesus Christ. And if there are things you've spoken to us about that we have given up on, we ask, oh Lord, that you reignite that faith in our hearts. We ask that you help our unbelief. Let us stay, stand in the place of faith, quench the fiery darts of the enemy, and see the salvation that you have prepared for us already. Thank you, dear Lord. I pray, Lord, specifically for anyone right now whose faith may have failed in any particular matter. Oh, God, I pray that you strengthen that person by your spirit in their inner man. It might be a promise for themselves or for a loved one that seems to have delayed or dragged, and it's, it's, it's as it, they've given up on it, literally. I pray, Father, that you who... Keep the promises of, or keep your promises to generations um, to come. I pray, Father, that you make your word true in their lives. For you said that no longer will this proverb be said that um, the prophecies just come and they, they, they never come to pass, but that every word you speak will be fulfilled. I pray that they experience strength in their hearts and they see the fulfillment of your word in their lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, everlasting Father, for in Jesus' mighty name. We have prayed. Amen and amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. All right. I hope this was, uh, I hope like this was helpful to us and we're blessed. Um, please let me know just in two minutes what you learned today. We're closing right away. Just two minutes, two people. Just let me know what you learned today. Um, that you are going back to practice. And, and oh, by the way, if you have a question also, um, feel free to ask it now. But we just have um, about three minutes for this. <clears throat> so yeah, I just want to hear like two people um, in one minute, tell us what they learned or if you have a question you want to ask, please go ahead. But just quickly, quickly, what did you learn today that um, you're going back with? You can drop your comments in Mixer on Mixeller. Um, if you're on Zoom, you can either drop your comments or just um, speak up and would unmute yourself and speak. Yes, 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 I'm waiting for us. What did we learn today? One thing you learned today before we 
gold. One thing we learned today that was helpful to us. All right. Okay. So while we're waiting for that, please, is there anyone who is joining us for the very first time? Um, please just let us know your name and where you're joining us from so that we can celebrate you properly. Um, anybody, if you're on Mixer, you can just type in your name and say, oh, hi, my name is Victor. I'm joining in from Lagos or wherever you're joining in, okay? Just type in your name and where you're joining us from if this is your first time with us. I am still waiting for what we've learned. I'm still waiting for us to share what we learned today. So I'm looking out for that, waiting for it, waiting for it. At the same time, if, you have, if it's your first time, um, please let us know, drop a comment and um, let us know this is your first time. Please drop a comment. Like we really would love to meet you. I know for those of us on Mixeller, we might not be able to like see your names and all, but just drop a comment with your name and where you're joining us from. And we would be happy to welcome you properly, okay? Okay, someone on Mixeller says, um, Emily on Mixeller says, never let your Thanksgiving tank go down. Amazing. Never let your Thanksgiving tank go down. And she says, thank God for all things. Awesome, awesome. So that's something she learned today. Never let your Thanksgiving tank go down. Thank God for all things. Amazing. Okay, awesome. So we have a first timer here, Olua Kemi Fuminiyi. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Olua Kemi Fuminiyi. She's joining from Abiekuta. Um, we are so excited to have you. Thank you, um, Olua Kemi. Um, I really hope you were blessed by this session of Bible study. And we really would love to see you um, join us like in subsequent you know, times. And just to say also that we have a we have a WhatsApp group where we all just um, circulate important information and is to easily communicate with, with one another, updates and you know, other things. So I'm going to drop the link right now in the chat for you to join in. Also, um, there are other links as well to, that, that would be helpful for you. You'll see that in the comments section, in the comments right away. Thank you so much um, for joining us, Olua Kemi. Um, trying to drop these links. Okay, let me drop them properly. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us. God bless you. Is there anyone like that? If not, we would close right away. Um, I was still hoping to hear one more thing we learned, but um, yeah, we have to close right now. Still feel free to, to, to tell us what you learned. Drop that as a comment. I'm trying to drop some links in the chat, so just give me one second. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. And just to... Okay, I, I really hope the links are, uh, it, it looks quite confusing, even from where I see it. Um, trying to get, make this as tidy as possible. All right, just before we go, I, I would like us to do an exercise, right? Just before we go, we're done, but just before we go. Um, everyone, I just want everyone to drop in where you're joining us from. The city you're joining us from, you're joining from London, you're joining us from New York, you're joining from Lagos, you're joining from Abiyakuta, you're joining from Abuja, wherever you're joining from, just drop it in the comment section as we close, okay? All right, God bless you Also, We'll see you again next week. Um, same time, same link, same Holy Spirit, like I love to say it. And we'll continue. We, we, we probably have, I'm aiming for us to finish this series this month, 
So we might combine a couple of things together um, for our, our, our series, okay? That's our series on the armor of God. But anyways, we'll still meet again next week. Um, so God bless you and have a wonderful, wonderful um, week ahead. Don't forget, drop a comment, sec- drop in the comment section where you are joining us from. I can see on Zoom, um, Lagos, Lagos, thank you very much. On Mixeller, I haven't seen your comments yet. Tell us where you're joining us from. God bless you all.